Do nurses need to know how to write well? Can writing skills advance your nursing career? Well, my guest Pat Iyer is an expert nurse writer, among other things, and she has a lot to share today. Let's talk about nurses and writing right here on episode 197 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hello and welcome to The Nurse Keith Show. I am so grateful you're listening, whether it's your first time tuning in or you've been hanging out with me for months or years here on the airwaves. Thank you for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, inspiration, and ideas that can get you moving in a positive and inspired direction. Meanwhile, if you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can follow along at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 197. Today, we are so, so grateful to welcome Patricia Iyer, MSN, RN, LNCC. She's the former president of the Med League Support Services Incorporated, an independent legal nurse consulting firm she established way back in 1989. Pat ran this company for 28 years before selling it in January of 2015. She's the past president of the American Association of Legal Nurse Consultants and the editor, author, and co-author of over 800 books, articles, online courses, case studies, or chapters. She is a writing powerhouse. Coaches, consultants, speakers, and others hire Pat to assist them to take the book in their head and place it in their hands. You can find Pat at patire.com and on Facebook at Patricia Iyer, and she's also on LinkedIn. Pat Iyer, welcome to the Nurse Keith Show. Thank you, Keith. It's such a pleasure to be with your audience today. Thanks, and it's such a pleasure to have you here. You and I have met a number of times, generally at the National Nurses and Business Association Conference in Vegas, and it's always nice to see you and hear you speak when I'm able to slip into the room where you're doing your presentations. And, you know, you're an author, you're a speaker, you're an online course creator, you're a legal nurse consultant. You you do so many things, Pat. And can you tell us first a little tiny brief synopsis of your nursing career? Well, I joined nursing, Keith, at a time when the only choices for women were nurse, secretary, librarian, or teacher. And some of your listeners may remember that time, but when the in the early 60s, I went to a diploma program. I loved learning. So immediately after graduating from my diploma program, I went to University of Pennsylvania for my bachelor's and spent a second set of three years going through and earning a bachelor's. And then I worked for five years, came to the conclusion that I still loved learning. And I went back and got a master's degree from University of Pennsylvania. And that really launched me into opening up additional doors. I got into teaching I got into consulting and writing and then expert witness work, which opened up the whole world of working with attorneys, first as an expert witness and then as a behind-the-scenes consultant. Wow. So you took your nursing career like so many of the nurse entrepreneurs that you and I are acquainted with, and you created something 
a little bit out of the box and special for yourself. And you've seems like you've branched out even more. So you have the legalnursebusiness.com website, correct? Yes. Right. So that's where nurses can go to learn about legal nurse consulting and tap your genius and expertise in that particular legal field. And I know that's a really burgeoning field for nurses right now who want to be self-employed and or make some extra money on the side, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. And yep. being an expert witness is a cool thing nurses can do. And there's so many ways that they can get involved in the whole the whole legal aspect of what the, the expertise that nurses can use to help attorneys and help clients in their legal cases. But you also, <laughs> I mentioned in the bio that you're the author or co-author of 800 different pieces of writing of some sort, including online courses, articles, books, case studies, chapters that you've contributed to books. So when did writing come into your world and and how did it become important to you? It started with a woman who was beaten by her husband so badly that she became a paraplegic. She came into a course that I took at University of Pennsylvania and I remember sitting in the room thinking, why did she stay? What was it that kept her in that situation when her husband started hitting her? It was not the first time that he hit her when he paralyzed her. Hmm. So I wrote an article about battered women. My Penn nursing professor said, this should be an article. And I said, I don't know how to write an article. This was in 1980. And she s- explained the process to me. I wrote the article, I sent it off, it was published, and then it got me through that first barrier of being non-published to being published. That led to several more articles. Then I was working with people from two other hospitals. I was in charge of staff development for a large urban hospital. The three of us recognized that we needed to teach nursing diagnosis and the nursing process to the nurses in our three hospitals. We got together and created a self-learning manual. And after that was done and we were all using it successfully to teach the nursing process and nursing diagnosis, we thought, well, this could be a book. So we sent it off to a publisher who said, this is a really nice self-learning module But it's not a publishable book. You need to take this skeletal content and turn it into a book. Right. And we said, oh, that's too much to work. We'll find another publisher who will agree. The second publisher said, this is a really great nursing manual, but it's not a book. You need to write out this content and turn it into a book. Then we listened and we signed the contract. And that became our first book, which was published in 1986. Wow. And what was that book called? Oddly enough, Nursing Process and Nursing Diagnosis. There you go. So you began your writing career with something pretty clinical, right? And Mm -hmm. did, did you continue to do kind of clinical slash technical writing for a while? Or did you branch out rather quickly? Like, How did that all develop for you as a writer? The publisher came back and said, We think we should have a nursing diagnosis handbook, which was our next publication. And then I began, on the strength of having a book on the nursing process, I became a very marketable expert witness. I had clinical experience in medical surgical nursing. 
I met a man at an exhibit who said, I'm working with lawyers and judges publishing company, and they need a book on nursing malpractice. Ooh, okay. So I thought, well, is that going to hurt me as an expert witness if I have a book on the subject? Is that going to put me at risk for being cross-examined on something that's in my book that doesn't agree with what I'm testifying about? So I sat down with one of my attorney clients and said, here's the opportunity. What do you think? And he said, I think you should write the book because attorneys and nurses and risk managers need to understand nursing malpractice. And yes, there is a risk that you could be cross-examined, but it is knowledge that you need to share with the world. Mm -hmm. So I went ahead and wrote that book, which then led to other books. And it did come up in the courtroom, but only three times. I testified about 500 times over 25 years. 500 testimonies? Yes. Wow, Pat. (laughs) There is truth to the expression trial by fire. I I get that. (laughs) It is a hot seat. Yeah. And there was one attorney who picked up my book and opened it up to cross-examine me. She said, isn't it true, Nurse Iyer, that you wrote this book for plaintiff attorneys and defense attorneys and risk managers. And I said, yes, let me see what you're referring to. And I said, yes, I wrote the book for plaintiff attorneys, defense attorneys, risk managers, and insurance claims adjusters. Yeah. She called for a mistrial because you're not supposed to use the word insurance in the courtroom. The judge ignored her. And then she thought, well, all right, I'll come back for another stab at this nurse She said, isn't it true that you wrote in the book that an expert should talk to the lowest common denominator on the jury? And I said, yes, that's true. An expert should use language that the jury will understand. And then later I thought, well, maybe that was insulting to the jurors. Mm -hmm. But a, a friend of mine who was an attorney said, don't worry, Pat, the lowest common denominator on the jury would not have gotten that expression. Mm hmm. I see. Wow. So you trial by fire. I mean, that's not even the frying pan. You've skipped the frying pan completely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're like, forget the frying pan. (laughs) I'm just going to get burned. So did that go okay? Did that that finish up well for you? That particular case, the attorney lost the case, which didn't often happen when I got on trial. The attorneys usually won, but it taught me some lessons about being cool under an attack. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that you learn when you are working in the litigation world is that you are dealing with highly charged situations, especially if you're a testifying expert. There's a lot at stake. There's a lot of money at stake, people's reputations, uh, things that can affect both the the plaintiff or the defendant if the trial doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. So it's a very challenging role, but it, it's also rewarding because when there are good decisions in good in the sense that they make sense for the defendant, there wasn't malpractice, but maybe there was a very angry patient or for good for the plaintiff in the sense that there was a situation in a facility that did cause harm. What we don't often see is the behind the scenes fixing of those situations. That's true. After that trial is over, that hospital or nursing home goes back and says, 
you know, we really need to correct this situation. So it eliminates a lot of injury to other people. Mm, right. So you're contributing to patient care in in your own way, even if you're not working as a clinician. And, you know, I just want to point out to the audience that you're a nurse, you've been a nurse since the 80s, and you found several different niches where you could leverage your expertise to, on the one hand, earn extra money, right? Could be a side hustle for a while while you're working as a clinician. And you also created for yourself opportunities by meeting people. You met that person who referred you to the judges and lawyers, right? Looking for witnesses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just want the audience to, to see how you took your skills and your knowledge and your expertise and your courage to jump into the fire. And you created a different career path for yourselves. And a lot of nurses come to me saying, I don't know what I can do outside of the hospital. What can a nurse do? And part of the reason why I'm doing these interviews on the Nurse Keith Show now is to demonstrate to my audience, to our audience, that there's plenty of opportunities for nurses to use what they have in almost any way they want. I know nurse filmmakers and painters and writers and speakers and so many creative people doing awesome things. And here you are doing what you do. And I'm curious why, going back to writing, because that's that's part of the, the gist of what I want to make sure we talk about here as well. Going back to writing, why should a nurse care about his or her writing skills? Why is it important in their career, even as a, just a, a clinician not doing anything out of the box or as an entrepreneur? I can tell you from a liability perspective, God forbid anyone listening to this is ever a defendant in a medical malpractice suit, what you've written in the chart becomes crucial because you don't remember what happened years later when you're sitting in a conference room being deposed and being asked about every word that you've documented, you won't remember that patient unless it's a, a very unusual situation. True. So right. having accurate documentation from a writing perspective gives you your defense and helps to take you off the hook. People judge you by your writing capability I'm lots of fun to go out to dinner with Keith because if I go to a small <laughs> restaurant and I pick up the menu and it's got a typo in it, I'll go, uh-oh. And my husband, who's been very well-trained by now, will say, well, what's wrong, Pat? What did you find now? <laughs> Pat, that is so hilarious because myself and my daughter-in-law, my wonderful daughter-in-law, she and I both, when we look at things like menus, and menus are usually the the greatest uh, criminals in this. It's almost like when I look at a piece of paper, the typos are almost highlighted for me. I, mm -hmm. It's the first thing I see. And mm -hmm. it's, it's often very funny, the things we find. So as a writer, and you're a writer, it could be pretty annoying and it can it could it can interfere with your enjoyment of of a meal if you let it get to you but i i understand that feeling and also in terms of the job search process and being out there in the world as a nurse and a healthcare professional I think writing is important for obviously resumes, cover letters, right? I mean, you have to be a decent writer to be able to represent yourself in the world as a professional. I spent um, what, 28 years running my business and I, I looked for people periodically for administrative positions or nursing positions. 
if I saw typos in a cover letter or a resume, it went to the reject pile. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you're right. It's absolutely critical that the resume, when you're looking for a job, you're communicating with people, you know how to proofread. One of the biggest tips in proofreading is write your document and then walk away from it and then come back with a fresh pair of eyes. You'll see things that will look to you at the time correct, but your eyes tend to glaze over the mistakes that you're making. But when you have a fresh set of perspectives, then you'll catch those things. They are embarrassing to have Mm -hmm. typos, whether it's in medical records or it's in your resume or in your documents. I do not subscribe to the school of people who say they deliberately put typos in emails to make themselves look human. I heard a speaker say that yesterday. Really? When I was at the National (laughs) Speakers Association. And yeah, there are people in the room who are going, oh, oh, no, no. But that was his perspective. That's Most of the people don't agree with that. That's super interesting. I I disagree vehemently. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, there's plenty of other ways to seem human when you're writing an email, which is, you know, writing something personal, putting a little warmth or personality in it, not being too dry. There's plenty of other ways to bring a little humanity and and warmth to email communication. (laughs) So- Um, Anyone out there who does that, please stop. It's definitely not a good idea. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners who value this show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support The Nurse Keith Show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts directly from little old me. Please just head over to patreon.com forward slash nursekeith, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash nursekeith, to read all about it. Also, please consider signing up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com. And remember to leave a rating and review of the show over on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, or at facebook.com forward slash nursekeithcoaching. And did you know that there are job listings at nursekeith.com? That's right. You can now find jobs from both reload.com and ZipRecruiter in the resources section of nursekeith.com. Finally, if someone you know could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me, and there's no expiration date on that credit, so you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it the most. And remember, you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn coaching credits with me. What a deal. Anyway, those are my sincere asks of you, dear listener. So now let's dig back into today's topic and episode and hop back into the studio. You know, I also think personally, when I talk to nurses, I I always want them to be on LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is an important place to showcase yourself and to show who you are, what you do, and what you're all about. And on LinkedIn, a lot of people don't know that you can actually write articles, not just posts like updates like a Facebook feed, but you can write articles. And if you have the wherewithal and the desire to do that, it's a great way to showcase your expertise, even if you're not interested in being a published writer or writing a book or what 
have you. Writing articles on LinkedIn is a way for you to to demonstrate your knowledge and how you bring your knowledge together and and facilitate someone else tapping into your own genius and expertise. What do you think about writing articles simply to to advance your career and show show how awesome you are? Yeah. <laughs> it's it is a great strategy. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn has a way of very effectively disseminating those articles, especially if you include appropriate hashtags at the bottom. Right. And one of the things that you can do if you're blogging regularly on your website is you can repurpose a blog that you've written in the past that has been published on your website. You can copy and paste it into LinkedIn, make sure that you've got at least three images one at the top and two scattered throughout your post Mm -hmm. to keep it visually interesting. Exactly. And it shows up as a new post on LinkedIn. I have found more people comment and view my articles on LinkedIn than on my websites, but I also don't have the time often to rewrite something or create something from scratch for LinkedIn. So I repurpose. That's great. I do that periodically too. And and true confessions, I should do it more often, but I have so many pokers in the fire that that kind of falls off my radar sometimes. I should put mm-hmm. it in my publication calendar or my Google calendar with a reminder. However, when I repurpose an article on LinkedIn, what I'll usually do, take something from my blog, you're right, repurpose it on LinkedIn. And sometimes I'll put a little note in parentheses or italics. This post was originally published on my blog, Digital Doorway, and I'll give a link back to the original. And I think mm-hmm. G- Google probably likes that when you mm-hmm. go back and you, you say where where it was originally published. And Google does pick up LinkedIn articles, which is also great. So for those of you out there who want to just demonstrate your expertise and have a little extra something for a potential employer to find online, because if you're out there in the job marketplace, you might as well give them something high quality to find rather than just your personal Facebook page. And please, please make those photos of yourself drinking a martini or drunk in Cancun (laughs) on the beach. Make them private and only visible to your friends. (laughs) Don't let your potential employers find those embarrassing photos. Let them find your amazing LinkedIn profile. And I do help people build their LinkedIn profiles, FYI. Anyway, in terms of books, Pat, how can nurses impact their careers in a positive and powerful way by writing a book? What does that do for you out in the world? It shows your authority. It establishes your credibility. It sets you apart. We have, as a profession, a reverence for authors who have written books. It sets you apart. Mm -hmm. And I will joke quite honestly, that when I was writing books for lawyers and judges and other nursing publishing companies, I made about 35 cents an hour based on all of the time that I spent writing. This is especially before I was generating content that I could repurpose. But I've made millions of dollars because of the doors that have opened to me because I had a book. And I was an authority in my field, reaching people with my knowledge leading then to coaching, to consulting, to doing group coaching, to masterminds, to other types of platforms 
The money is not in the book sales, the $20 that you get from a copy, which will turn out to probably be 17 if you self-publish. But if you are using that as part of your platform, it leads to so many new opportunities that you can't even imagine when you're laboring away writing your book. That is so true. And did I hear you say millions of dollars, Pat? Millions with an M, not B with billions, but millions, yes. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> uh, millions of dollars. I've got a lot of work to do, Pat. <laughs> I mean, I do make money as a writer and a speaker and a consultant and all that kind of stuff, but I've got <laughs> some catching up to do. Um, I can say tens of thousands. I'm, I'm pretty good there, but that's very impressive. So- I don't want the nurses out there listening to think, oh my God, I could never make a million dollars writing, so I shouldn't even start. Because you don't know what will happen. Like Pat just shared with us, you have no idea what's going to come of what you put out there in the world. And I always say it's kind of like, it's kind of like fishing or lobstering. The more pots or the more lines you put in the water, the more good can come of it, right? The more fish you're going to catch or the more lobsters you're going to get. And so the more high quality content you put out in the world, the more you reach other people through networking, writing, that's where the magic happens, right, Pat? Exactly. And let me just unpack what I said just for a, a few minutes Please. so that your listeners will understand the first book that I wrote gave me the credibility to be an expert witness. I testified for two years as a med-surg expert until one day I got a phone call from an attorney who said, I'd like you to review an ER case. I said, I'm not an ER nurse, but I have a colleague who I think would be wonderful for you for your case. He hired her. The light bulb went off over my head. She's going to bill him directly. He's going to make money if he wins the case. And I just did them both a favor. Mm. Lovely. Then I thought, well, is there a business in supplying expert witnesses? And it turned out that there was. I began, and she was my first expert. I got her under contract. By the time I sold the company, I had 200 experts who were under contract to review cases for my company, and we kept 50 cents of every dollar that we billed. Hmm. That's how I created a multi-million dollar business. And it started with that first book that opened the door to me to the opportunity to work with attorneys. And that was Med League Support Services Incorporated that you yes. sold in January 2015. Correct. So that's Correct. also an amazing accomplishment to create a business that was running for 28 years with you as the leader. And then you were able to sell the business at a tidy profit. So that is also amazing. You're you're a savvy, savvy business person, and I respect you so much for what you've accomplished. And a few minutes ago, you mentioned self-publishing kind of offhand. Mm -hmm. And hmm, I've self-published a couple books. I've never worked with a publisher. And do you have a recommendation for a nurse listening right now, sitting at his or her desk thinking, I've got a book in me, would you say, go for it and create it on CreateSpace and publish it on Amazon? Or would you say, try to find a publisher? What, what would be your advice? This question came up just this weekend when I was at the National Speakers Association. Mm -hmm. And the consensus was that 
there's really no reason now to, to go to a traditional publisher, a mainstream publisher, unless you have a large platform with, with several thousands of followers. And it's very important for you to have a big publisher's name behind you. Right. Otherwise, you're better off doing independent publishing, which is now the, the nicer, more prestigious name from self-publishing. Independent publishing gives you the opportunity to market your book, to keep a much larger percentage of the sales, and to position that book to the audience that you want. If you are Michelle Obama and you've got $3.5 million of books in print, you are the rare exception. Her book on becoming is a wonderful book. It is. I loved every page of it. But I don't think your listeners, unless we're surprised to have large celebrities in amongst them, we are nurses who communicate well, who know how to teach people, who know how to be organized, who know how to be analytical. Those are all qualities that are important in terms of being able to get a book written and then use it for their career to launch another step in their career. Excellent point. And, you know, just to add to that, if you're a nurse like Teresa Brown, the writer from Pittsburgh who writes a blog for the New York Times and is super high profile, has been on probably all sorts of TV shows and stuff. So she obviously gets published by big publishers. So it can happen for you. But for most of us doing this, I'm going to call it independent publishing from now on, Pat. Thank you for mm -hmm. that. Independent publishing is the way to go. And, you know, a self-published book can be picked up by a publisher later. So that can always happen. And there's even been self-published books that have been made into movies like The Martian, uh, which came out a couple years ago. That was a self-published book. So it can happen. But the easy way that, well, it's not super easy, but the, the relatively easy way is to do it on CreateSpace, which is part of Amazon and publish your book there, which is what I've done. And you can publish a Kindle edition, you can have a print edition, et cetera, et cetera. So for people who want to write a book, Pat, you provide various types of services. So could you describe your services for writers? And I know you don't have to work with nurse writers, but that's our audience here on the Nurse Keith Show. So mm -hmm. what do you do for writers who want to publish? From the top, I can be a ghostwriter for a nurse who wants to write a book, which means me conducting interviews with that person, getting those interviews transcribed, and turning those transcriptions into chapters. That's usually after we've had a thorough session outlining the content of the book, figuring out what is the audience, what's the key idea, how to lay out the chapters, and then we start recording. That's the most costly service because it involves the most amount of my time. Absolutely. And I'm working with my expertise in writing. Right, so you're writing the whole book. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So ghost writing is first. What's the next piece? Well, next would be if somebody has written a book, they've got a manuscript, they need another set of eyes. What I offer is a combination of content editing and copy editing. Sometimes what we've written, and I'm sure you've had this situation, Keith, if you've been blogging and writing for years, is that you write something that looks perfectly clear to us, 
But then when you walk away from it and come back, as I mentioned earlier, you see that it needs to be reorganized. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people can't reorganize their own work because they have that perceptual hole. It looks coherent to them, but somebody else comes along and says, oh, wait a minute, you know, this doesn't make sense. Or you've introduced the concept in chapter two. You're now talking about the same content in chapter seven. It appears in two places in your book. It really needs to stay in chapter two and not in chapter seven. And the sentences need tightening. You've got extra words. That's what a content editor, copy editor will do for an independently published book. I see. And I'm sure everyone in the audience has picked up an independently published book and realized that there was no copy editor involved. It's not laid out well. It's got typos. It's grammatically incorrect. That just does your reputation a disservice when you haven't had another person go through that manuscript to clean it up and tighten it up before it is published. That is so true, Pat. Oh my gosh. Yes. I have picked up self-published books, independently published books. (laughs) I could not believe what was going on in those books. But I have to say, I've also seen in books published by fairly major publishers. And I think, what were they thinking when they put that paragraph together? Or, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, what was going on there? How many martinis did they have at lunch? So, (laughs) you know, you never know. So Uh yes, perfect writing is important, whether it's a resume, a book, an article, a blog post, an email, whatever, you know, your writing should be coherent and concise and say what you want to say and be well-written. And these skills can be learned, right, Pat? They can. They can. Um, There's just a a new book that came out just two weeks ago called Dreyer's English, which is spelled D-R-E-Y-E-R-S English, Mm -hmm. which was, he's a copy editor at Random House I've got a real dry sense of humor. <laughs> I think you would love him, Keith. Yeah. And he, he talks about misusage of words, of punctuation. He's got a, a droll sense of humor, lots of examples. You can learn a great deal by reading books like that that are written in an entertaining way. Eats, Shoots, and Leaves is another one. Oh, that's a, a great an book. book. Yeah. Yes. Love that one. Written by um, a British woman. If you read a lot, that's one of the best ways to become a better writer is putting well-written English into your brain, and you'll absorb the way people have put together stories or sentences. So yes, you can certainly improve your skills. Absolutely. And just a caveat to the audience, word to the wise, if you're going to read, you know, Les Miserables, or you're going to read The Count of Monte Cristo, or Edgar Allan Poe, If you put all that in your brain and nothing else, your writing might come out a little stilted because (laughs) you're reading books from the 19th century. So anyway, I mean, I love reading things like Gulliver's Travels and stuff like that on my Kindle. However, make sure you read some more contemporary stuff too to get a (laughs) well-rounded bibliography and and thesaurus in your brain. And I find a thesaurus incredibly helpful because one thing I notice in writing is all of us can have the tendency to use the same words over and over and over again. And a thesaurus is one of my best friends. So Mm -hmm. I love words. I love playing with them. And I just, for me, it's like, it's a joy. It's like one of the things I just love to do. So I know you do all this stuff 
ghostwriting, editing, copy editing, helping nurses write books. You also help people create online courses and you create your own online courses, right? I do. And and just to round out the book writing services, the other piece that I want to be sure to mention is that I offer a course for nurses who want to be the authors of their book. They don't want it ghostwritten. They want to write it themselves. Um, That course is called Book Authoring Mastery. Mm. And I have a short link for that because it's on patire.com as a website. It's also on legalnursebusiness.com as a website on that website. The link to get directly to that page is http colon forward slash forward slash lnc dot tips forward slash bam b a m. That link again is http colon forward slash forward slash lnc dot tips like legal nurse consultant lnc dot tips forward slash BAM, B-A-M. And I have a course that I'm running live that starts on March 13th. And it's a six-month-long course meeting once a month for six months to take you through the process from your idea to being able to hold your book in your hands at the end of the course. Wonderful, Pat. Why, that is is incredible. So I want people to go to Pat com p-a-t-i-y-e-r patire.com you can also go to legalnursebusiness.com and you're also on social media i believe you're facebook.com forward slash patricia Iyer. is that right yes are you on is. twitter or anywhere like that too i'm on twitter as pat Iyer, p-a-t-i-y-e-r mm-hmm. and also on linkedin with the same name awesome okay so All that's going to be in the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 197. That's the word episode and the number 197. There'll be a photo of Pat, links to all her social media platforms, links to her websites and her bio so you can just check it out and also get in touch with her if you have any questions. Can people just write to you from your website, Pat? They can. Um, my email address is patriciaiyer at gmail.com. That's Great. the easiest one. Uh, last name, which has been spelled many different ways, is <laughs> I-Y-E-R, Patricia Iyer, right. I-Y-E-R. Not I-R-E, not Iyer, like no, anger not, or frustration. Not Iyers or Iler or right. Tiger. <laughs> or Island or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pat it's Tiger. Like Carlson, right? C A R L S E N, right? No, it's O N. So go figure, so right? You, or it could be spelled with a K. Oh K-A-R. my gosh. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat, you are delightful. It's always wonderful to see you and to talk to you and hear about what you're doing and find you on social media. You are just a wonderful person and a great resources for nurses and others too. So thank you so much for talking with us. I appreciate it, Keith. I, I enjoyed this experience and I'm happy to help anyone in your audience who's got questions about writing. Wonderful. Wonderful. 
So folks, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the Nurse Keith Show. Remember, those show notes are at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 197. If you want to connect with Pat and read all about her, she is an amazing person, nurse, innovator, influencer, thought leader, and she is someone absolutely worth tracking and getting to know. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode, and I want you to take inspired action every day in the interest of your professional satisfaction and development, and also your personal happiness. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell and his team at thepodcastinggroup.com, and social media and promotion are handled by Mark Cappy Spiesen, my thanks in a deep bow to Tim, his team, and Mark for their help in promoting the show and everything happening in the Nurse Keith Nation. I want you to stay positive, care for yourself and others, and tune in again and again as we continue to explore how to take your life and career to the next level. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, and keep in touch. And this is Nurse Keith signing off from beautiful and snowy Santa Fe, New Mexico, and Pat Iyer signing off from... Sunny, warm, 88 degrees, Fort Myers, Florida. Oh my gosh, I'm hopping on a plane right now. Thank you so much, Pat. Lots of love to you, and we'll be in touch soon. Thank you. 